Good morning, good morning, good morning. How are you, my friend? How are you, my friend? Welcome. This is the Breakfast with Champions podcast, one of the most unique, amazing, and powerful podcasts you'll ever come across in your entire life. Listen, we bring you motivation, education, and inspiration, and ultimately give you an opportunity to get a seat at the table, to hang out with some of those that are doing the things you know you can do, that have reached some of those levels you know you can reach. What makes this podcast so unique and incredible is we have over a hundred different thought leaders that are constantly delivering amazing, over-the-top, powerful, and impactful content in bite-sized nuggets that you can absorb, take action on, and implement in your life. So with that said, make sure you filter through. There's going to be some of these thought leaders, these experts in their industries that you're ultimately gonna connect with. You're gonna totally, totally resonate. It's gonna totally be your vibe. And then there's gonna be other ones that you're gonna be like, eh, you know what? I like them, but I don't know if I love them. And that's what's great about Breakfast with Champions is we have something for everyone. So make sure you sift through, find the ones that you love, and know that they'll be coming back every single week to be able to deliver to you the motivation and education and inspiration that you need. With that said, my name is Glenn Lundy. I am your host. Super excited to connect with you. And let's kick off today's episode of Breakfast with Champions. We're going to continue talking about relationships because relationships are so, so important. So this is Dr. Janie. And you know, one of the things that we had experienced last year with the pandemic was an explosion in relationship therapy, relationship counseling, people that were the working and living their lives. Now they're looking at each other and like, do I really know you? And, you know, when we think about those mandates and those restrictions that varied from place to, face, uh, place to place, the effects of the pandemic dragged on. As a result, many of the couples experienced what we call the COVID relationship dip. When we think about the increased stress, which bombarded couples daily, just think about it. As couples, you already have so much stress, kids, work, schedules, and then all the stuff that happened last year. And then making time to carve out energy for those relationship challenges, which would bring them to therapy, which was a good thing. But exactly in those precise moments of personal struggle that you long for your partner's support, welcoming arms and compassion and empathy. But what happened if your partner was distracted by their own issues or they don't even know how to give you the support you needed? And this dip may felt more like a sinkhole. You know, another interesting fact before I introduce our special guest during this hour is I want you to take in consideration that after a steep drop in 2020, the number of marriages in the U.S. is set to explode this year. Can you believe it? Well, believe it. You know, we think about the research that comes out of the Wedding Report. It's an industry research firm. It says the number of U.S. weddings in 2021 is expected to hit two. 0.77 million, more than twice than what we saw last year, and a 30% increase over 2019. So today, our guests at the breakfast table, dinner table, the table, <laughs> then they're on fire for helping marriages win. And they're going to share with us all 
We need to know whether you are happily single, single and ready to mingle, or married and ready to pump life back into your relationship. Because we want to consider this. You know, we are living during the times of the second, third, fourth, and fifth marriages, or cohabitation. Try it before you buy it mentality. It's the new relationship norm. So Eric and his beautiful wife, Dr. Sakisha Heilich, they're here to help us have a positive outlook in the world of everything marriage and partnership. So I'm so glad and honored to have them here at the dinner table with Breakfast with Champions. So Eric, I'm going to ask you to kick us off and I want you to share with us. You know, I read, you know, I was going to read your bio, but I think sometimes the best voice comes from ourselves. So share with us in the Breakfast with Millionaires, who is Eric and Dr. Shakisa Heilig? Ah, thank you, Dr. Janie. Uh, yes, um, my name is Eric Hollick, and I am a relationship strategist, also licensed as a financial advisor, um, and also a TV producer. Um, and I am, and along with my wife, Sakisha, we're just passionate. We have been working with couples uh, for over 16 years now um, in ministry, and we're just passionate because I know we've, we've, we've been married now. We just celebrated 23 years. We've been together 27 years, but 23 years in marriage. Um, and we have four kids, two adult kids, and two teenagers. And, uh, you know, that's, um, you know, from my perspective, I'm just happy to be uh, married to my beautiful wife, Dr. Sakisha. Dr. Sakisha, uh, don't be quiet. Let me hear from you, my, my, my queen. Thank you so much, Eric. And thank you, Dr. Lacey, and to everyone, all the amazing moderators that are in the room. I just, I think this is a really, really uh, powerful topic. And thank you so much for, for having us here. I, like Eric said, we've been together 27 years, been celebrating 23 years of marriage, and just wanted to, we found ourselves in a point like many couples out there that we were going through, you know, the challenges, you know, we had, we went through the financial challenges, the emotional challenges, everything that could pretty much test a marriage we went through. But one of the things that we were determined to do was to be a change that we were not going to follow in our parents' footsteps. We weren't going to just throw in the towel because we had challenges that we were facing. We had to realize that we were going to have to roll up our sleeves, just like we worked hard in corporate America, like we worked hard in our business, we had to work really hard in our marriage and just wanted to be able to encourage that person that's on the fence, not sure if, you know, if marriage is for them or if they want to keep fighting. We just want to be that source of encouragement that you can overcome these challenges, but you've got to be just as intentional, just as passionate, just as determined and committed as you are to you know, helping our children, being there for our business, showing up as our best selves, but you gotta do that in your relationship as well. And just making sure that your partner doesn't just receive what's left over after you've poured out and, and served and helped everybody else that they remain a priority in your life. And that was one of the things that we found that was missing. Well, Dr. Sakisha, you know we have this question 27 years together 23 years married tell us the story of how you met eric and take us a little bit on a journey of some of the highlights you know you talked about 
just um, some of the, the bruises and to share with us, you know, we're on a train and we're on this train and we're looking at everything that the two of you've built and what you're pouring out now into relationships, into marriages as part of your life work. So if we were to go back 27 years now, what would we see if we're looking out that train window and we're going down memory lane to see the two of you start that union? Please do share. <laughs> you know, it's funny when I, I look at it because when 27 years ago, you would have seen a woman that had been uh, coming out of a relationship where it had gotten to be physically abusive, um, emotionally draining, just and toxic to the point where that's why I left South Carolina and moved to Florida in the first place to get away from an unhealthy relationship and to find myself as soon as I got into Florida in yet another relationship that was not healthy. So I, at that point, had just given up. I said, I'm done with relationships. I'm just going to, you know, it is what it is. And it was at that moment that I, my husband passed by me in a car. And I literally, you know, it was it was nothing but God that just told me to be nice because because my emotions were so high from everything I'd been through. I didn't want to be bothered. I didn't want to entertain anything else that I felt was just words and not action. And thankfully, I did, um, you know, obey the voice of God. And I did talk to him that day. And we wound up going on an adventure of, of becoming friends, spending lots of time talking to one another. Now, even after I met him, it took me, I don't know, several weeks to even really communicate with him, playing phone tag. And when he even asked me, invited me over, I'm like, no, I refused because I was so, you know, I was hesitant because of what had happened in my past. I was bringing that baggage into the relationship. I hadn't dealt with it. And my husband you know, he had been the type of man that, you know, he's used to women throwing themselves at his feet. So, and that was not where I was. So it took a lot of going back and forth. You know, you have two people with two, two different perspectives coming into a relationship that, you know, it was challenging because it took us a while to get to the point where we were on the same page. You know, he had one level of expectation in relationship. I had something different. So, I'm thankful that we spent that time getting to know one another, but that still didn't help us avoid the bumps and bruises. You know, after four years of, of being together and dating, we got engaged and I think we got married after four years. We got engaged after two years, but it was a process of getting to know one another, of the, you know, clashing. And it's funny, we got married, but we didn't tell anybody other than our parents. We made our, well, we took our mothers with us and we got married in the Bahamas. That's like a totally different story. But <laughs> we, we went ahead, we made it official, we got married, and then the real work began. We had to still get to know one another. We had to learn to overcome those challenges financially because now when you're married, you have a totally different set of responsibilities versus when you're dating and we were in college. So that became... Uh, I want to say a hurdle, like a, an obstacle we had to overcome. So learning how to deal with our finances, you know, we came from, like I said, two different perspectives. He grew up living on a budget. I grew up, there was no budget. So when those two personalities come together, you're trying to figure out how do we make this work? So it then became a, a roller coaster of 
ups and downs, navigating challenges, living in two different cities for the first three years of our marriage, overcoming financial obstacles, you know, having to deal with, uh, you know, a lot of those challenges. And, you know, we found ourselves at a point where we were following in our parents' footsteps on the verge of of separation because we were looking at each other and we had become strangers because we, you know, we didn't, life happened. You have kids, you know, you get married, you have bills and everything else became priority and he became last on the to-do list. (laughs) And that's the way he he could, he said, I became last, he became last on my to-do list. And that was a challenge. So we found ourselves just constantly navigating these challenges as they were coming. And yes, they were overwhelming. No marriage is not perfect, but we had to be committed. We went through to help pour into us and help us to be able to navigate those challenges. So we are now committed to helping other couples that are out there that are struggling to keep their vows that, you know, think that their, their marriages can't win. We are committed to helping those couples to, you know, focus on what we call that great divide, the challenges with communication, finances, and sex. Thank you so much, Dr. Shakisha. What a, an awesome story that so many of us can all relate to. So I'm interested to, to hear what Eric has to say when you think back at your mindset than when she was talking about that she was in a different place and that she recognized that her baggage was getting in her way. When did you recognize that her baggage was getting in the way of, of your agenda? We'd love to hear from you, Eric. Yes, yes. From, from the male perspective, the man's perspective, um, I can remember that day uh, when when she referred to when we first met because I was just coming from the library and I was I was getting in my car and I was in the parking lot between the basketball gym and one of the dormitories and I was backing up and I saw this this beautiful woman with an AKA uh, shirt on and these black jeans coming out and I was like whoa let me back up and talk to her <laughs> and so I did and. But I was like, oh, man, she's in a sorority, so she might be kind of like, you know, all stuck up and sedity. So I don't know, but I'm going to shoot my shot. And so I talked to her, and she, and surprisingly, she gave me her phone number. And she, and she, you know, we did. We paid, um, you know, tag for a while. But I, I asked her out on a date um, on um, Valentine's Day. And she said, yes. Yeah. So that was our first date um, 27 years ago. And... Um, we uh afterwards we just went um to the lake and we just began to talk and talk and talk we found out so much about each other um but i you know i i didn't find out a lot of things about her um such as like her her background as far as um marriage with her parents and you know cuz we you know I, well eventually i found out that we both came from divorced families. And so, so, you know, that's what we saw. We didn't have a successful, um, you know, marriage, a, a parent's example, you know, of a, of a successful marriage. But, um, so yeah, but we, and then I, you know, eventually we, we became really good friends and, um, we, we, we got married, we graduated, we both had our jobs and, um, everything was just great. But of course, um, we then found out, uh, you know, that we we did come from different worlds when it came to the communication and our expectations in our relationship when it comes to our finances, sex, and 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 general communicating. So we come from best friends to wait a minute, roommates almost. 
Um, but yeah, I, it, it's, it, you know, time brings about a change, especially when you have, you know, over 27 years and 23 years of marriage, every area of your marriage has new challenges as you continue to, to, to move forward. Um, and you learn about each other even more in, in the different areas of life. But yeah, there's a, there was a big uh, difference um, in our perspectives and our, and our mindsets. And we had some mind melt, as, it, as we would say in Star Trek, <laughs> we had the mind melt. Um, but we did, and um, we ended up um, really finding out um, that we were called to help relationships to win from, you know, having pre-count, pre-premarital pre, uh, pre, um, classes and then um, helping couples in ministry. And um, so it, it was kind of, you know, funny because it's like we were, we don't, we don't, not the right ones to be talking about this because we don't have a, a background coming from our, our parents, which we probably, you know, our parents, our, our relatives were all uh, coming from a, a divorced background, but it was kind of funny that we end up together uh, helping couples to win in their marriage. And and like she said, we, we found that um, really couples are found that they come to a point where they have issues in their relationships and three of the biggest issues, and that would be communication, finance, and sex. And we call that the big divide. But yeah, that's my perspective as a man. Um, and, and it was kind of funny when we met because I was dating, uh, I mean, my share of, I was, you know, my share of women at the time because I was at Florida University um, and there was so many women. Of course, college campus have more women than men. And I was just dating and dating and dating. But until I met Sakisha, it was just something about her. And they all dropped off and she became my main focus. And um, so 27 years later, here we are. <laughs> Here you are for sure. So I'm going to ask you, Eric, and then I'm going to ask your beautiful wife, Dr. Shakisha, the same question. So as you heard me talk about, we're living during this time where first marriages is becoming the minority, where second, third, fourth, fifth marriages, people are not even getting married. They're just staying in partnership or, you know, they have that try it before you, you buy it mentality. So why can marriages win in 2021 for those that are not in a relationship or those that um, want to get married? Like, what do you what do you want to share with the with the room as to why can marriages win in, in 2021? We want to hear from the two of you. What are your thoughts? Well, um, I find that um, it, it really depends on their backgrounds um, and kind of what kind of foundation they got from their parents or lack of foundation from their parents really, um, and, and you look at the different generations, you have the younger generation and kind of the older generation. Um, but the younger generation, oh, that's a whole other story because it depends on, like I said, the, the lack of foundation or foundation that they have because they have, you know, they've seen their parents and they've seen their leaders and whether it's ministry or in, in other aspects of organizations, how they, you know, they haven't had success, successful or healthy relationships so they said, well, I'm not going to, you know, why should I get married? It, you know, I, I don't see the reason why I'm getting married or I don't subscribe to the paternal systems of marriage, you know. And, you know, it's, 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 it's just um, really it's, it's when you think about it from what my, uh, my perspective, it's just like, wow, how could you even think about that? But um, 
But yeah, it, it really comes down to that perspective, that mindset. So, you know, you know, oops, is that a, got an echo? But um, really, it, it, it just depends in that area. So the younger generation, the older generation, older generation, you find, they'll look at the older generation and they say, well, um, you're married, but I see he's cheating on her, she's cheating on her, or you don't look happy in your marriage. Um, you got divorced once, two, three times. So the younger generation said, well, why do I need to subject myself to that? I don't need to do that. I could, you know, women saying, hey, I, I can make my own money. I don't need to depend on a man. What I need a man for? And it look like they, it comes down to they only looking for a physical aspect, you know. Um, and I don't need a man for anything other than that. And, they, and, you know, they look at it in that aspect. Also, you look at it that maybe they had a foundation of what a relationship is. And maybe the person that they, they run into doesn't have one. And when they clash, one gets hurt. And then they have to bounce back and they keep running into that same situation. Hurts and disappointments cause them not to even want to move towards marriage. And when you don't have that, uh, that teaching and foundations um, to what, you know, young men and young, young women to move up into their mentality, into the boyhood and the, um, and the womanhood, I think that's where that lack of education, it, it comes into play into the relationships. And I'm, I'm going to stop at that point. Well, we certainly appreciate that, Eric, as you've dropped some very things that we want, all want to consider. Like, what is our foundation? What do we see in a relationship with our parents? Or what was the messaging that we were told from our parents around relationships? Because sometimes the messaging is, if you heard your mom say, well, all men are dogs, or men are no good. Or, you know, if you heard your mom say, or if you heard your dad say, well, women are only good for one thing, right? All of those messages they're still part of our subconscious mind and get downloaded in us. So I'm interested in, in Dr. Shakisha, your thoughts about women in relationship today. You know, we're in this place where we see where there's empowerment, where there's songs, where there's objectification and women taking hold of their sexuality and using it like a crown and now saying it's an empowerment and, and now becoming more aggressive in relationships more, more than ever. I mean, what are your, your thoughts about being a wife of 20, 23 years in a relationship of 27 years, and now with your marriage can win um, business and ministry of just working with women um, uh, across the world. What are some of your thoughts? Um, Dr. Janie, one of the things that, that I'm reminded of and something that Eric said, I'm, when, it, when we're talking in terms of women and empowerment, when you're looking at, say, the generation today, it's a bolder generation they're more willing to communicate and express their feelings and expectations. And now you have platforms such as this to be able to reach that generation. A lot of them are basing things solely on what they saw. They didn't see a healthy relationship in, in their family. You know, they didn't, they didn't know what it was like. Some of them are, are comfortable. A, a dysfunctional marriage is completely normal to them, but, they're willing to have the conversations. We find out even when we go into different rooms that when we have these conversations and we talk about the challenges that we went through, the fact that you're able to overcome them, even some of the things that our clients have, have been through, they're like, well, they say, well, wow, no one has ever had a conversation with me about these things. I only saw blank with my family. I only saw this. My father wasn't present. You know, the relationship didn't work you know this person going from relationship to relationship to relationship 
they have to be have to see what a, a healthy relationship looks for like society today they're accepting of all different types of relationships as being healthy and that's not some of them don't even recognize what a dysfunctional relationship is look like so that's they're accepting that because in their mind that's normal so we've got to start having the conversations and start pouring back into the generation not allowing social media and society to dictate what a healthy relationship is like you know also encouraging them to get therapy in many cultures is a taboo, but we have to be mindful. If there's lots of baggages and challenges that we are experiencing, even as women that we're bringing into a relationship, but just either expecting our partner to understand and automatically know. But sometimes it's like, just you have to have a conversation and be willing to get help. It's not taking anything away from you. You are just as empowered as a woman. As a matter of fact, you're even more empowered because you're equipped with the information that you need to be a better version of yourself. So I would honestly say just fostering these greater levels of communication and having these candid conversations so that they know what a healthy relationship looks like. Because what's being, the picture that's being painted in front of them today is def is drastically watered down. Jack came forward has increased its sales by over 136%. My name is Travis Flaherty. We have seen over 55% increase in sales. Jeremy Downing here. We finished our month off at not even a 20% increase, but a 30% increase. Hey guys, Jean Paul Gidry here. Now I've experienced massive increases of 156%, collectively 125%. My name is Kevin Strasnatter. We went an increase of 50%. 50%. We went from 50 units to 75 units. We had a 39% growth in volume. This stuff works! I'm Glenn Lundy, creator of the 800% Club. The results that we've been getting out of the 800% Club are ridiculous. Everything that you just heard all happened in the first 90 days. So I want to open this up, helping more dealers across the country. We're now enrolling for 800% Club members. So look, the time is now. It's time for you to protect your legacy. Head on over to 800EliteAutomotiveClub.com to learn more. Great thoughts. Really appreciate that. You know, we're going to get ready to, to open up for, for questions for Dr. Shakisha and Eric just here in a minute. But, you know, first I want to get both of your thoughts on, you know, sometimes when I'm working with couples, there's some things that when they're considering going into a relationship, I always ask the seven questions. But sometimes people are in a relationship, they're already in a marriage, and uh, they realize that their immaturity, or as you mentioned, their baggage is now following them, and they now have to go through some of these different aspects to help them grow up. So if those of you that are in the room, if you're taking notes, I'm going to give you seven things to um, really consider and ask yourself internally about being in a relationship or just where you are if you are currently in a marriage or in a relationship. And the first one, number one, is looking at, am I conscious enough to know what I need? You know, as we heard Dr. Shakisha and Eric talking about their journey over the past 27 years, many times when people are in relationship, they're so focused on their checklist and what they want that they never really address their actual needs, right? So then have to really figure out and unpack those baggage, those bags together if you both have a growth mindset, right? We're looking at a growth mindset versus a fixed mindset. But then we also want to consider, are you secure enough to serve one another? 
<laughs> I mean, when it's really a true partnership and I'm going to love to hear our couples uh, thoughts on this, but really being a true partnership, being able to be in a place where you can truly serve each other. And then number three, am I healthy enough to trust, right? So if you've been hurt or you've been betrayed in the past and you've yet to heal, it's just not a matter of if it's going to be a matter of when that's going to affect your, your relationship. So really thinking about your relationship with trust. And then are you mature enough to even listen, right? Sometimes that's why God gave us two ears. I mean, are you in a place where you can really listen and not just be self-centered um, to, to qualify the relationship and really being able to lean in and hear what the other person wants and needs. Because sometimes when couples are in those, those conflict situations and the person is defensive or they're just thinking about what they want to say re to reply to whatever's being said to them, it destroys the connections. Like over time, I always say it's like the mold behind the wall. It's eventually going to come down. And then am I truly able, am I truly stable enough to commit? Right? We're in the time where we have social media, we have access to our exes, to our hookups, to our crushes, all these other things. And there are some people that are in relationship that are still not ready to commit. So are you ready to commit? Are you ready to have boundaries? Are you ready to protect your investments of your relationship, which is marriage or your partnership? And because we have to get beyond infatuation and really get in the nitty gritty of building together. And then are you able to reflect on the person that you think you really want? Right? Because sometimes you cannot be necessarily, we look at it as a fantasy. People are constantly trying to match the person in front of them to the fantasy in their head versus really embracing the person that's in front of them. So I would love to hear my, my couple's thoughts on some of the reflections that I just shared when you think about couples really being in a, when you think about your great divide that you shared with us around communication and finances and sex, looking at people's maturity and are they conscious enough to hold space for each other? You know, are they really committed and having boundaries, you know, the, the age of social media and having so much access to DMs and just boundary lists that you wouldn't necessarily come up to someone in a public setting 20 years ago and say the things that people say to each other in the DM. So we love your thoughts, Eric. Let's start with the male perspective. Yes. Um, you know, what you said is great. Um, and that is something that I think if that's what should be addressed. Um, and the thing is a lot of times young adults don't know, they simply just don't know. And that's why I was talking about the family structure to me is the most important aspect of America when it comes to building um, relationships. And it starts with them because they, you know, you have your children, they're born, you have a, you have a boy, you have a girl. <clears throat> I'm gonna talk about the boy stage right now. So the boy has, he's in the boys, you know, boys like we like to play with our toys and everything and, and we have fun. But when we get older, we need to know what it means to be a man. We need to know who we are as a man, how to respect ourselves, how to respect our parents, how to respect others, the girls, you know, and then when we get up to the dating age, we need to be able to respect that, 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 young, that young lady, <clears throat> you know, um, and be able to know how to treat her with respect and honor her um, and, and, and move forward. So before we, we get into the point where we, where we're, we're looking to try to get as a husband, we need to first become a man. We need to be able to stand on our two feet. We need to know how to respect and honor ourselves as we, as we respect and honor that woman. And then we're able to take care of our own self before we take on the responsibilities of that woman. And then once we're able to do so, 
and we've established, you know, that, um, that we know how to establish a trust environment for that woman, a safe environment for that woman, um, and be able to uh, love and cherish that woman um, and, and, and really love her as you love yourself. Because if you wouldn't want to mistreat yourself, you wouldn't lie or deceive yourself. So, you know, you have to be able to treat that woman as you would want to treat yourself. And the same for that, that young lady. She needs how to how to respect herself and honor herself and know who she is as a young lady to become that woman and prepare herself. A lot of times it's preparing ourselves and not looking for someone else to fulfill us, but we need to be fulfilled ourselves before we try to move up and get into a relationship that, that we're moving towards marriage. And then we need to understand that what a marriage is. It's not a temporary, you know, event or something just to look forward to because a lot of times we we see the, the Walt Disney World fantasy of the fairy tales of the, the princess and the prince, and we think that's what it's all about. So we need to be equipped ourselves um, to be able to handle getting into a, a marriage because we have, we grow up in one world and we have the baggages of our parents and the baggages from their parents, um, all the experiences and all the different challenges in their relationship and the lack of, of education and what it means to be young adults and men and women, you know, and so when we come together and, and, and want to get married, we need to have something to stand up, some morals, some standards. We need to know who we are and our roles in society and our roles in the relationship. And then once we get married, we become husbands. Then we, then, then we take on a whole new level of responsibility, you know. Um, and then if we move a step further from husbandhood to what I call fatherhood, now, all the things and experiences that we've learned, we now have to turn back around and teach our children. We need to look for, and the part of the dating aspect, we need to look for, from the man perspective, we need to look for a woman that's not only attractive, not only intelligent, but we need to know where she is in life. And is this someone I want to build a life with? We want, And we talk about communication, we talk about finance, we talk about sex. We want to communicate as much as we, we, want, we can by finding out, you know, all about her, her favorite color, you know, what she thinks is romantic, what she want to do as far as building her home, her careers, if she wants to go into business, you know. Then we talk about if we're going to have kids, how many. Then we talk about, well, if we're going to have kids, how are we going to fund their education? Well, we're going to talk about retirement. And then so we need to also talk about building and protecting our wealth and not only for our current generation, but the future generation. And so that's why we need to get educated in communication and in the finance. And then, of course, sex. We need to talk about sex. We need to talk about it because um, if, 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 we, if we go biblically, we should not be sexually active until we get to marriage. So we need to talk about it, you know, our experiences, lack of, and what do we think about it, um, you know, moving forward, you know. Um, and uh, um, so it's really the communication is the key aspect in that from moving from the different stages of life, a boyhood to a manhood, manhood to a husbandhood and husbandhood to fatherhood. But if we don't have a lack of foundation, if we don't have anyone to teach us, gives up, give us examples, then we're just going all willy nilly. We're going on what we see. And like Janie meant, Dr. Janie said, there's so much exposure out there with the Internet can show you so many different things of television. There's so much 
you know, information is putting into our head, but is it, where's the foundation? Now, for Sakisha and I, our foundation according, is according to the word of God. And that's where we define what a husband is, what a man is, and our roles and our aspects and how we to treat each other, you know. And it comes down to that simple, that simple one thing is if I treat her as I treat myself, I love her as I treat my, I love myself. And if we can apply that principle, and if someone can even teach us that principle, then uh, relationships will have something to stand on and how to, you know, to, uh, a standard to move forward, you know, and then communicating. Communicating means to simply talking. But then a lot of times we don't want to get to the point where we're talking too much. There's a two way thing. You have to listen. You have to be able to listen while the other's talking. And so that's why Sakisha and I both, we, we, we give tips, strategies on how to effectively communicate, how to effectively listen. We talk about um, all those things when you're talking about planning to get married, um, to move forward, how to build and protect wealth, how to plan for education, how to, you know, really secure your children. So by the time they're 16, their education is paid for tax-free. And when they graduate, they, they also have their, their home either paid for or down payment on their home. Um, and by the time they want to retire at age 59 or 60, they have millions of dollars, you know, and that, and if something happens to them, their family is now, that generational wealth is now passed down to them. This is to talk about the communication aspect. So when we talk about the communication, the finance, you know, and then the sex, you talk about the sex, um, but I won't go with that. I don't want to go too far into that, but simply um, like she said, there's so much information out there, but is that information going to be good for you or is it going to be overwhelming? Where are you getting this information from? You know, the internet, your friends, and you got to look at who you're getting this information. Are you, are you getting information from someone who doesn't have a successful relationship or, you know, you're looking at someone who's trying to tell you how to successful relationship and they don't, they don't have a successful relationship, successful relationship. Look at where you're getting your information from. Education is the key. I digress. You are doing a great job, Eric, giving us so much to chew on. And you are absolutely right. Like education is the key. Maturity, understanding, having what I say is a PhD in history. So you know what you bring to the table, you know what you need, and you're willing to let's talk about it. You know, this, the, the quote comes to mind by Anthony Starr that it is only when we no longer compulsively need someone that we can have a real relationship with them. And you are in Breakfast with Champions, the Millionaire Breakfast Club. Did you know that we're not just on Clubhouse? We have the Breakfast with Champions podcast, Breakfast with Champions on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, on LinkedIn. And we want to be there for you wherever you are. So here's what we want you to do. Not only ping some friends in the room, but go to Breakfast Champions Club on Instagram. Click the link in the bio, and from there, you can follow us anywhere you want to stay connected. So before we open it up for the people at the breakfast table and the hand raising is open to communicate and ask questions of our guests, I want to hear from Dr. Shakisha. Tell us a little bit about your programs that you have that you offer to help um, couples. We'd love to hear about them. Okay. Um, actually, coming up, we're having a Making Love Last uh, Couples Retreat that we're hosting here in Orlando 
uh, the middle of September where we'll have, you know, an intimate group of couples and we'll be focusing on getting couples back to the basics of um, just re just making sure they have a solid foundation when it comes to communication, when it comes to finances, when it comes to sex. Um, and that's going to be happening September 17th through the 19th. But we also, we have, you know, our books and events, but we have an online academy called the Marriage Can Win Academy, where couples can work on building their relationship from the privacy of their own home. We know a lot of people are working remotely, and it's an opportunity for them to work one-on-one -on -one or in, in groups uh, with us, and we're, we're spearheading that. We bring in some guest speakers, and we work, walk them through different modules, be it focusing on communication. And we also have a, another side of that, which is for couples that are in business together. So if they're having challenges working together and they're business owners, if they need help with the business aspect, they have the Power Couple Business Institute, which is a part of that as well. And that's available online. We do have the Marriage Can Win podcast uh, that's available on most of those platforms, Anchor, Spotify. And that is, yes, I believe, Eric, let me know if I'm forgetting something, but we have, uh, yeah, the TV, I'm so sorry. We have a TV show that we're launching this fall <laughs> and that's called the Millionaire Power Couple TV show where we're, we're helping couples that are, are struggling and help them build a solid marriage, build uh, a successful business. Yes. So yeah, the build up, build a, a solid marriage, build the, a, build the business, a, a successful business and build generational wealth, which is. Uh, the precursor, we just had the Millionaire Power Couple Summit uh, where we had 41 speakers um, and we had them special specialty specialize in the building the marriage, building the, gen uh, the, the, the business and building generational wealth. And that's called Becoming the Millionaire Power Couple TV uh, show, which is uh, coming um, this fall. Well, we certainly want to congratulate you both on your upcoming television show. We're looking forward to seeing and watching all the couples that you're going to continue to pour in and help marriages to win, especially in 2021. So I want to open it up and hear what are some of your thoughts? I mean, what takeaways did you hear from our couple, our power couple who are making a movement to really pour into marriages and to create healthy relationships? Or what are some of your questions that you have? So you can just go ahead and flash your mic and then uh, we'll go ahead and open it up for questions or comments or shares that you want to share with your with the couple. We'll start with Tony Mo. Hi everyone, this is Tony Mo Nefertiti. Um, my takeaway was I believe he said, know what you need and not what you want going into a marriage. Um, am I correct? Is that is that what he said? I believe he said, know what you need and not what you want. So if you want to comment, Eric, and uh, talk a little bit about the, the statement that you said, so Tony Doe could write it down and make sure we all understand. So you said know what you need versus know what you want. Well, that that's the educational part of finding out what a successful relationship is all about. You know, finding out about yourself um, and dealing with yourself. Um, we were just working with a, 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 a client now, and it turns out that um, you know, really, the person just didn't really know what they they wanted themselves and what they thought they saw growing up is not necessarily you know 
what they they needed in I mean with what they wanted in relationship, but they just did what they thought because that's what they had grew up in it and that's what they knew. You know, like if you grow up in a dysfunctional relationship, a dysfunctional family, you think that's the normal, you know? And so you, you think you just need to continue what you saw and what you grew up in. And but you really want to have something successful that's that works for you and the person you're with. Not necessarily what what was you know, what worked for your parents or what you saw others. Um, because what they had may be not necessarily the best relationship. It's just what they you saw on the outside. So there's a difference. So that's where the communication aspect is. Um, and finding out who you are and and you know, really work on yourself before you try to go and join with someone else. Right. Let me ask one more question. Have you I heard you y'all um Dr. Shakisha speak about um well y'all mentioned sex, but have y'all ever counseled or spoke with couples in regards to sex addiction and how do you feel that that affects a marriage or relationship um well yeah i I know if you if you were talking about sakisha but um for me um i was exposed to exposed to pornography at a young age around 14 so i had to deal with it i had an unrealistic um view about sex and my parents did not teach me about sex so i didn't know what sex was all about and so I eventually had to learn uh, about sex, you know, and really what the reality of sex, what it is for, how that it can be beautiful once you're in a relationship, when you're married. Um, so I had a, a I would call it a distorted view of what sex is. And, 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 you know, so it was, so it was not the best, healthiest way. Um, but I had to learn, um, you know, really what uh, a, a healthy sexual relationship is with my wife. Um, and the thing is that, you know, that's the communication aspect when you come about, you know, you may come from two different world, worlds where one may be very sexually active and, and have a whole you know, view or perspective of sex and the other one may not, you know? So that's, yeah, we had to deal with that. And we also work with couples um, dealing with that. And sometimes, uh, we even bring in uh, experts, you know, sexologists to come in and talk about it, you know, because um, it just depends on if, if one person had Trump traumatic, traumatic experiences in sex growing up and they, they, they view it as trying to, to gain love or they do it as just something that you just have to do when they don't have any pleasure behind it. Um, and so, you know, it just depends on the situation, how you would really trying to work on it or um, educate someone because sex is supposed to be pleasurable and it's supposed to be something that is enjoyed in between a man and a woman in marriage. So um, hopefully that answers your question. So Keisha, did you want to add to that? Um, I would just also like to add when we're, we're doing a, a session with a, a couple and they're mentioning that there's a challenge in that particular area, we have uh, sessions where we do a deep dive to get to the root of the cause. Like Eric said, is there sexual trauma? Um, also, because I'm, I'm in healthcare, I talk to them and also find out 
if there's something going on with them medically that's impacting their sex life, you know, if there's some pornography involved and what methods have they already tried? And then we come up with plans to help them work through it. Cause some of it, when you're dealing with people that um, have challenges with, with pornography, um, some of them tend to hide it and it, and it impacts the, the spouse. And then, you know, it starts to tear down the trust. So we have to deal with it layer by layer and start having those conversations and putting in different exercises for them to work on together as a couple, but understanding, even dealing with that, like Eric mentioned, he was exposed at a young age at 14. So when he connected with me and I was 20, 24, his level of expectation from sex was completely different from mine. So that in and of itself can tear at the fibers of a relationship because you have these um, unrealistic expectations of your partner sexually and you're not necessarily expressing them. In your mind, it's automatic. They should understand what you need and that's not the case. So we had to go through rolling back those layers you know, and dealing with the hurt that it was caused and then get to the root cause and how to deal with it. If you're in a relationship with someone that's dealing with that kind of addiction. That's a great question. Great question, Tony Mo, because it's, it's a real challenge, especially today when there's so much access, as we mentioned, you have access to um, pornography, you have access to your, to your exes and, you know, shared sometimes it is before the relationship but it's brought into relationship and many times I'll hear people will say well we think everyone looks at pornography or, or does these types of things but it's not necessarily when someone views it it's a problem it's when it's a pattern because when it's a pattern then as Dr. Shakisha shared then it becomes an unrealistic expectation and sometimes a partner can feel that their partner isn't present with them sexually, that they feel used or they feel objectified, even in their relationship. So the very thing that should be sacred in the relationship starts tearing the relationship apart. And, you know, we're looking at that now more than ever when we look at our teens and growing up in generations where there is access. You know, I know when I was growing up, there was the, the black curtain where I was 18 and older, a group in New York, it was called the boob tube, and your parents wouldn't let you peek behind the black curtain. But now the black curtain is just the touch of a button. And many sex education starts there with pornography versus discussion versus healthy view because parents still are the number one influence over their kids. You know, they say uh, the research up between 13 and, and 15. And then what we're also seeing, and there's some research coming from Dr. Um, Daniel Amen, hoping to have him here, is that we're seeing a porn-induced erectile dysfunction and has nothing to do with age. I mean, it could be 25 Right, because there's it's affecting us, so we have to have those conversations. And when I'm counseling uh, premarital couples, is I'll ask that question, and a lot of times, you know, they'll look at me funny because when you're in that red, rosy color glasses stage, right, you think you can go ahead and conquer the world, but having, as our guests are talking about the great divide, having to talk about sexual expectations, finances, and communication in a real way, and being able to ask for part. What is their view on pornography? How often do they watch pornography? Because many times people think, okay, now I'm in a relationship and I can have sex as many times as I want. And they're going to quickly get disappointed. And then again, that unrealistic expectation. And then their couple is coming into America's favorite psychotherapist office to discuss their sexual expectations because they're very, very different. So great question and real, real conversation. So who else has a comment or a question or even thoughts from um, our, our segment today? We'd love to hear from you. I see Jason. 
Hey, this is Jason. Uh, thanks for the conversation, Dr. Janey. And uh, thanks for your insights, Eric and Dr. Sakisha. Um, I heard a lot about communication, obviously, which is super important in all aspects of the marriage. What if one person is a, a really good communicator um, and the other person isn't? How, how can that couple bridge the gap? Like, how can they make that work? Um, now, you know, we're actually working with a, a, a client that, um, that has some similar issues. It comes out that uh, really finding out why that person is not a communicator. Sometimes it's through some trauma. If you talk to them and they finally open up and talk about their past, it may be some trauma that they just, they don't, they don't, they don't feel like they're in a safe space. There's a lack of trust to be able to open up and talk and communicate and share. And that has to be earned. And that's why in the beginning, when you talk about um, two people coming together, you know, especially for men and for women, men, you know, we, you know, we always look at us, oh, we're supposed to be strong and we're supposed to be, you know, then nothing hurts us. But we got to get into the point where we trust the woman. Um, it has to be a safe uh, environment, but we feel that we can open up and be honest and transparent and start talking and sharing. And when we share some things that we may be ashamed about, or we're not, you know, or we, you know don't want to share, you know, some intimate details of your life, you know, and not be used against you. You know, if you get angry, all of a sudden now you throwing it in my face. If I share something with you, some of your, your, you know, your, your weaknesses or challenges. So, and, and the vice versa with the woman. Uh, she has to come into the relationship and, and it has to, she has to feel safe. She has to be, you know, she has to feel that she can trust the, um, the man to be able to share things and be able to talk. And, you know, it, it's probably some kind of trauma in the past, uh, whether it's in school. It may be maybe that she was bullied or maybe he was bullied. And, and so they, were, they became a loner, you know, and they, and they didn't have a lot of friends or maybe they were, they were hurt by friends or disappointed by friends or some kind of relationship trauma, physical, mental, emotional trauma that caused them to go into a shell. So those are the things where, you know, sometimes you may need to go talk to a Dr. Janie Lacey so you can open up and, and attack some of those things um, and find out, you know, and face and conquer those fears or those traumas in the past so you'll be able to open up with your spouse or, you know, um, and, and, and create that safe haven. And you have to cherish that safe haven. It's a great question, Jason, and, and thank you, Eric. Was, was there something you wanted to add, Dr. Shakisha? No, I was going to say Eric hit the nail on the head. It's just when you're communicating with your spouse, you need to be able to be vulnerable with them. And depending on your past experiences or things that have happened in the relationship, if it's trauma with the current relationship, the two of them need to establish ground rules in regards to um, their communications. They could do something, you know, like we practice with some of our clients, they're coming up with a safe word. If they feel those emotions are getting high and they're getting ready to operate in what we call high emotions, low intelligence, that you have that safe word that it, you know, it kind of shuts it down until you guys can regather your thoughts. So you just kind of have to see where it lies. Was that person always like that? Or is it, or is it something that just started in the relationship, get to the root cause of it, but then come up with those ground rules so that you feel you can have, you're in a safe zone and you can be vulnerable with one another. 
Thank you so much, Dr. Shakisha, for that share and, and for Eric. You know, a um, couple things that I would like for, did someone else have a, a question or a share before I ask a, another question here? If I yeah, can't this figure. is Pastor Jeff. I have a question. Yep, go right ahead, Pastor Jeff. Uh, yes, just as a caveat to the uh, question on communication that was just asked, um, I'd like to ask your opinions on what part does the modalities of learning play uh, with the couple, if you have one that's auditory, have one that's visual, one that's visual, and one that's kinesthetic, uh, can that play a major role in effective communication or constructive communication? This is Pastor Jeff, and that's my question. Um, that's a great question, Pastor Jeff, and it absolutely can, because like for, say, my husband, you know, he's not an auditory learner. He's more a visual uh, so we had to learn to communicate in ways in which it connected more with their spouse. You know, we had to even set ground rules in our relationship because, you know, if he's not an auditory learner, I can't come into him and just go on and on for 30, 45 minutes and then wondering why I'm not getting the kind of response that I'm looking for for him. We had to learn to even break it down to smaller segments, stick to one or two topics. So the two of you as a, a couple need to learn what works best for each spouse and start to tailor it such that you're going to get the maximum benefit out of those communications. For me, you know, I'm visual. If you tell me what you need, if you write it down, you know, one, two, three things, okay, I've got it. But that was a practice. We had to be intentional about doing those things. But we just remind couples that some things they don't come overnight. You're going to have to be intentional and, you know, just incorporate it into your daily interactions and sometimes start just small doing little things like one or two things. That's it until you guys kind of develop that habit and then it gets a lot easier. Yes, I'd like to add on to that. Um, we've even come up with a little uh, strategy. Um, so if you're not able to, to communicate audibly, then we have to go, um, like you say, visually, you have to write things down, especially if you're trying to communicate, um, uh, you know, a, a need or a challenge in the relationship. And you just can't come to agreement, you know, audible. And, you, and then also emotions get high. Um, you have to use that safe word. That's where you both go and you get a pen and paper and you write down at least the top two issues that you're trying to get across to each other. And, um, and then you bring them to each other and you share them with each other. Uh, but then you both come up with two, um, two, two reasons or two, two um, resolutions, some, a, a way to resolve the issue. Um, and then you come together and you agree to try those, those, um, those options to resolve the issue, but writing it down. So that way you get to read it. You share the papers with each other. You get to read it and then you, you get visual because sometimes auditory, you're too busy going back and forth, waiting for uh, a chance or a pause to come and just get your, your point across. You didn't even listen to the other person. You're just too busy going what we call the jump rope mentality. You're just waiting your turn, waiting your turn. So visually, you have to write things down, share it with each other, and, and go that route. Thank you. Uh, just one question to follow that. So would it help if each begin to work on learning the other spouse's uh, modality language so that if they're in a heated conversation, say the auditory person, instead of saying something like, are you listening to me? 
could then real switch in their head to say, do you see what I'm saying? And vice versa with the uh, visual person. And I'll go on quiet. This is Pastor Jeff. And thank you so very much for this conversation. Yes, Pastor Jeff, we have uh, another strategy for that. We call it the repetition method. So like, you know, my wife says something to me and she may, she may take her a minute or, or so. So for, in order for me to make sure that I know that I, that I actually heard what she's saying, I will repeat back what I thought I heard her say. And this gives her a chance to either affirm or confirm or say, hey, no, that's not what I said. And then she can clarify. And then again, I come back with a repetition method to make sure that I heard what she said. And that confirms and that, oh, that is what you said. Okay, good. Now I understand exactly what you said. Um, and, and then that way there won't be a miscommunication or it won't be a, uh, what I also call a Charlie Brown uh, syndrome. So you, when you're talking, when she's talking, I'm only hearing wah, 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 wah. I'm not listening at all. You know, I'm going into the jump rope mentality. But so that's just another uh, strategy that we use called the, uh, called the repetition method. Thank you so much. Thank you so much, Jeff, for the for the question. And, and Eric and, and Dr. Shakisha, as you're talking, I was thinking about, you know, that drive through, like we go through the drive through and you repeat or you tell them your order and they just repeat it back to you. Right. So we had that drive through mentality before we go ahead and give our own advice. It's such a great, great share. And we are just so honored and privileged to have had you join our and just really rooting for marriages and really helping couples really navigate just where um, the spaces that they can find themselves in in 2021. So if we can open up our mics and just thank Eric and Dr. Shakisha for joining us for this past hour, the mental wellness hour, we certainly appreciate it. So thank you good, so Dr. very much. We <laughs> so appreciate it. Thank you. Great. Nice one. Thank you for thank having you. us. Yeah, thank Absolutely. you for having us. We certainly appreciate it. And Thank you for joining us on Breakfast with Champions. If you want to catch the live version, you can follow us on Clubhouse and listen from 5 a.m. to 11 a.m. Eastern Time, Monday through Friday, Saturday 6 to noon, and Sundays with our 111 Sunday service. Make sure you're keeping up with Breakfast with Champions and getting yourself a seat at the table.